Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners. There are some stories I just can't look away from. Tales of an enigmatic mystery hidden in plain sight, or an awe-inspiring talent overlooked by society at large, those kind of things do it for me. But so does a story of David versus Goliath, and that's what we have tonight. But this version of that age-old battle is an especially lopsided mismatch. In this story, our Goliath is the Canadian military, and our David is a modest sex worker who offers a discounted rate to service members. The first stones have already been thrown in this battle, but as you're going to hear, it seems every effort the military has taken to shut her down has only resulted in the kind of advertising that entrepreneurs dream of. A memo sent throughout the Kingston, Ontario military base warning its members to not seek the services of that local sex worker offering military discounts? Well, that didn't go as planned. But I don't need to explain it here just yet, as we're going to get the story straight from the source. Tonight. Madeleine Klein and I are going to meet up with the last person the Canadian military wants its employees sleeping with, Tina. A Canadian Armed Forces uniform, according to the law, can only be worn by members of the military or civilians who've been authorized to do so. That is not stopping a sex worker in Kingston from advertising her services while in a uniform. Those images of Tina Gilchrist caught the attention of the military police. Uh, They sent her a warning letter claiming she's committing two offenses under the criminal code. And last month, commanders at CFB Kingston took the unusual step of warning soldiers to stay away from her. Let's start at the very beginning, Tina. Why don't you just tell me whatever you're comfortable with telling me about about your background, where you're from, you know, aside from your work as a, as a sex worker, you know, who are you? Um, so I'm actually from Scarborough, um, which um, is now Toronto. Uh, but I went to uh, Lester B. Pearson High School there. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, moved to Kingston to go to uh, St. Lawrence College for veterinary uh, assistant. Okay. Um, and that was um, where I joined uh, the Kingston Kingsters. That was where I became involved in the BDSM community. I started uh, hosting their slosh in about uh, 2014. So the, I don't know what the Kingston Kingsters is, but I can use my imagination based on on their name. But tell me about how you <laughs> found this group and what what this is. Um, I'm an active member of Fat Life, which is uh, basically Facebook for kinky people. Okay, okay. So like yeah. fetishes and you know is that that sort of yeah. Stuff? So when I when I moved to Kingston, they were they were like the group that kind of popped up doing the most, and so they were the one that I got involved with. Okay. I didn't realize FetLife is has been up for that many years. I thought that was a pretty new thing, but uh FetLife has been around for uh, I actually joined FetLife literally on my 18th birthday and I'm 32, oh. so <laughs> Oh, I'm okay. way behind. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you're in, in in Kingston going to school to be like a, work related to veterinary care for yes, animals. Uh, Yes. So uh, I did vet assistant and then I was later accepted for veterinary technology, but I did not graduate that. 
I was actually just put on ADHD medication. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But in Kingston, I've, ne I've never been there myself, but that is like kind of like seen as a military city. Is there like a large military base there or something? Def definitely. Yeah. CFB Kingston is um, basically right across the river on the other side of town. Um, and they have the uh, they have the RMC, actually, which is the, the Royal Military College. And then right beside that, they have like a kind of like a big school and like some barracks and then across the street is like kind of like the proper, the proper base, okay. I guess. So if, you, if you're hanging around Kingston, you're going to rub elbows with military people all the time. So oh, yeah, they're, they're all over downtown. Okay. Uh, so in my mind, I picture uh, 18 year old Tina from small town Scarborough goes to Kingston and finds her way into the Kingston Kingsters gets into a vet life account. How does this turn into sex work? Because I'm, I'm assuming this is all connected and leading to you ending up in sex work. How oh, do you start? I was actually sex a sex worker before I moved to Kingston. Really? Okay. How did you so, start? Um, Tell me how you started. I'm always curious on what makes someone kind of like jump into that, that world. I, uh, I didn't want to ask people for money. And um, I found it really hard to get on disability. And I, mm. I actually wasn't sure if I really wanted to be on disability because my, my mother is kind of a loser and was on disability. So mm. um, uh, so I started maxing my credit cards, basically, because I mm. didn't want to ask my parents or family for money. And um, that's when I became a sex worker. <laughs> okay. And did Are, you find it was fast money or easy money or both? Uh, a little bit of both. Like, I mean, it's it's not easy, easy, but it's easy in that I don't have to stand on my feet for eight hours right. and make yeah. $12 an hour or whatever the minimum wage is. <laughs> uh, some people say, you know, like sex work would be dehumanizing, but the way you just described it it isn't as dehumanizing if it is dehumanizing it isn't as dehumanizing as being broke and needing to go to your family yes i would 100 percent rather be a sex worker too than than having to piss in a bottle at an amazon factory like <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry hands down mm -hmm. uh i'd be i don't know if you're comfortable telling me this but i'd be very curious to hear about your first experience in sex work i just i can't myself i couldn't imagine I don't know, just like deciding to do it. I, I, I could see, I can understand that, but like to actually the first meeting with a client, I, which must've been so strange. Can, are you able to tell me anything about your first time? So the, the venture into sex work at first actually began, began with seeking arrangement uh, .com. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's basically a sugar daddy website oh. where people pretend that you're not a sex worker and they pretend that they're not hiring a sex worker. Mm. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so would, would you call of... that escorting? Is I it... would definitely 100% uh, yeah. call that escorting, but like people don't want to, people that are doing it don't want to call it that. Okay. It's, a, it's just like kind of like a soft entrance into, I guess, into it, but it, so you have some experience with uh, with sex work as a profession before ending up in Kingston. In Kingston, getting into the Kingston Kingsters, that life. I'm only imagining that that world is expanding and opening up for you. Is it around this part of your life that you start to develop? I I guess you self identify as having a military fetish. Is this something that happens here? 
I am. Um, I do, but that didn't start until about 2014. Okay. So uh, it was it was 2012 that I moved to Kingston, and it was 2014 that I started hosting the Slosh, which is like a, a get together at a bar for kinky people. Um, and it was around that time that I um, met and dated my first soldier, okay. um, and it was a member of the kink community. Okay. And uh, so they have a they have a course called Conduct After Capture, <clears throat> which is basically interrogation, torture, stress positions. Think like uh, headphones, like big headphones that are on you with like babies crying, st- static, like like torture, literal torture. And um, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he was in he was in his uniform while he was doing this. And so now I strongly associate it with uh, with all that. Oh, my um, it's like an instant uh, like power exchange, like status kind of like authority is just kind of there. It's present. Yeah, I, I guess if you are into like the BDSM kind of life i guess we we would call it a military member is just you know kind of fits naturally into that world right ah uh, a lot of them do a lot of them don't there's a lot of them that uh i mean i guess they're just on the different spectrum that i'm that i'm looking for but yeah okay. <laughs> a lot of them like being told what to do mm. <laughs> a I was just lot gonna of them say... want me to tell them what to do and i'm just like i want the opposite of that <laughs> i bet a surprising number are submissive yes yes yeah a lot of them very much want me to be a dominatrix. I'm very sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, tell me about how your sex work became your primary profession as opposed to pursuing veterinary studies. I Well, at least I assume it is. Uh, I would love to uh, finish uh, veterinary technology. Yeah, but um, I uh, didn't get a diagnosis for my um, dyslexia until I actually started veterinary assistant. Oh, wow. Um. So that that did help a lot, but it wasn't enough by itself. Um, I didn't. I also had to fight for my um, ADHD diagnosis, especially without a primary physician. It's almost impossible to get a diagnosis with anything. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's a problem for thousands and thousands upon mm-hmm. people yeah. in Canada. If, if you're not spraying blood, they're not really going to give you much attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, it took took me years to get um to get a diagnosis for ADHD and now I'm I'm finally being treated for it so I would I would like to to go back and try that again mm-hmm. but in the meantime this is your your primary way to support yourself is is through sex work yeah I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic we'd like to introduce you to Marooned a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity. Oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. So pack a lunch. Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.
let's get into sex work as it pertains to um i don't i don't want to use the word targeting military members or marketing yourself <laughs> towards military members but i think we're getting there at, at what point does your sex work and your fetish or attraction <laughs> to military members when do those two worlds officially uh combine it was it was very recently after after the uh the conduct after capture thing that i started offering the discounts because i specifically wanted them to keep their clothes on while they were having sex with me <laughs> so, so in this this discount we're gonna have to talk about what is the discount what is the story of this uh so my main cost is 200 per hour mm -hmm. and uh i give military members if they show me their id and prove it uh i allow them to pay 150 dollars, which is a 25 percent discount okay have you heard of any other sex workers doing like a military discount is such a common thing but something about <laughs> the world of sex work offering that I, th I think a lot of people are like what it's actually funny because i used to get offended when um like older people would be like hey can i have like a seniors discount you're like oh fuck off <laughs> i was just <laughs> gonna ask you if you've ever had that <laughs> no but you can pay the senior surcharge <laughs> <laughs> like honestly no you should pay more for asking for a discount <laughs> yeah i get that but uh, it is natural to like you know sex work is a business like any other and discounts and marketing and all this they come into every business so it's not it's not crazy to offer a military discount you're in kingston surrounded by military members so like it or not regardless of a fetish or whatever attraction you may have you're going to have military members as as clients so it's just it all makes sense so anyway i i derailed your your discuss your um as you, as you were telling me i derailed you there because the discount just <laughs> but, so tell me a bit more of how the two worlds combined so you you wanted to attract that type of client you did so by offering a discount I mean, I was already getting them as clients regularly because it's a military town and mm. I'm a sex worker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it just made it easier. And once I started offering the discount, it seemed that they were a lot more interested in seeing me anyways. So mm. what would you say is the ratio of military to non-military clients that you have? Uh, Probably like 85% military. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. And are, do you have, like, I know you have your website, but are you like on OnlyFans or do you do any other platforms? Yes. yes I am Tinta Nebula on OnlyFans. I'm actually, thanks to all of this, a 6.8 top creator now. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, that's the perfect segue because you were doing your thing, getting by, but very recently you got a huge, um, promotional push uh probably unintentional yeah from the canadian military so you're you're doing your Thank thing you. <laughs> yeah you're doing your thing offering your discounts getting a significant amount of uh, your clients as military members how do you find out that the canadian military is telling their members not to seek out your services so it was uh everyone was pointing me to an instagram account called um corporal news network and they were the ones that actually posted the photo of the me the screenshots of the email that went out to the base and, and so this is an email sent from like the higher-ups to all the personnel on the base he didn't post the the time or the uh or who who had sent it out or exactly who it was attached to but he sent the he posted the uh, the screenshot of the actual message. 
Okay. And so this is your first time catching wind of it. Do you have, or do you have it handy where you can read it or, or tell me a little bit about what was in the message? Uh, yeah. And you'll also, you'll also be able to pull it up on my website okay. um, so that you can attach it to when you edit or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, basically recently a situation was brought to our attention and is currently being investigated in respect to an escort service advertising within various CFE Kingston headquarters or sorry, not headquarters, quarters aimed at military clients. Well, being an escort is not an offense in itself. The procuring of sexual services is a criminal code, criminal code offense. Further, the escort in question has photos posted on her website as of yet identified clients in um, uh, Canadian Armed Forces uniforms in compromising situations. Um, aside from this being a potential offense, it could lead to other more serious consequences and engaging in sexual exploitation goes against our CAF code of ethics and values. CAF personnel are putting themselves in dangerous situations. These services often have links to organized crime and members can be blackmailed if their names are known. This can also lead to family and security issues as well as security risks to the institution. Members could be exploited for their access to classified information, not just now, but throughout their career, and could lead to their security clearances being pulled with follow-on criminal charges. To assist us in our efforts to further prevent such businesses from targeting base personnel, I ask that you inform your personnel to re refrain from interactions with these types of providers and report any instances of these persons soliciting on base. And they even uh, name drop the guy, but... Oh, my. <laughs> okay. So that is a, that is pretty out there. Uh, there's definitely leveling some serious kind of, I wouldn't say accusations, but implying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and perpetuating quite a few stereotypes. Exploitation is a word they used organized crime. Uh, yeah. Some, some definitely some negative stigmas in there. <laughs> uh, I, well, think I, I just don't understand why, you know, like, okay, so let's say somebody for the lack, for lack of a better word, tattles on somebody else for using your services, prove it. What are they going to come to you and be like, can you confirm this? Like you're going to do that. <laughs> my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is this may have started with somebody finding like a, a business card or something of yours do you know there's if there's any truth to that that somewhere on base like a higher up or something found like one of your cards there was yes a bunch of the cards that were found in the barracks it, what are these cards just like a typical business card they're actually uh they were um thin metal metal business cards like waterproof metal like um, a dog but, tag uh just like very thin metal okay that's a great idea it is <laughs> The military uh, base gets this message. It doesn't specifically name you, but you know it's it's you they're referring to. Like, what what makes you oh, so yeah, sure like, it's you? I mean, who else would it be? Yeah, you. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty neat. Like, you've got a fairly different niche. Like, do you know of anyone else that does what you do specifically? To, There's definitely to military. Like, shack rats but i don't know of any specific escort that is um right. targeting them no okay what is, a <laughs> what is a shack rat i've I've seen that term used a bit in stories about you what is that so um the place that the soldiers like stay on base is called like the barracks mm -hmm. and it's uh like known as the shacks okay so a shack rat is just like the women that okay run around there yeah, like, the, like <laughs> you know you, you got a puck bunny like for hockey like groupies yeah yeah and okay. then they they call uh women that hang around like truckers lot lizards 
Oh. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Why do like the hockey girls get it so good with puck bunnies? Like right. that sounds sweet. <laughs> a shack rat and a lot lizard and these puck bunnies. <laughs> so th this memo comes out warning everybody um, on the base to stay away from Tina, the evil, exploitative, exploited, organized crime fed uh, woman, not womanizer, man eater. Um, <laughs> Who's going to destroy all the families of the of the clients or whatever? Uh, I, I I also understand that there was some kind of communication between you and the military police. Did you not hear from them directly about uniforms? I instigated that, oh. so I was really I was really <laughs> mad. <laughs> okay, so really you mad about... you're mad about this memo. I was mad that they were targeting people who had paid me consensually. Okay. And uh, so I messaged them about it. Um, the, uh, so the, uh, the person who had posted, the Corporal News Network who had posted the email, it says who's in charge of my case. And oh. if you know one email from the military, you know all of their emails because you just plug in their last name and whatever and send it off. Yeah. So I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i uh, basically gave him shit for it and said that they have better things to do and that well that's what i said when i when jordan told me about this i was like of all the things that they could focus on this is what they're choosing to what there's yeah. so many better things to to worry about <clears throat> So um, it was after I had um, instigated the email and instigated the contact with, with um, I, I don't even think it was the person in charge of the case that responded. I think it was someone lower. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they call it kicking the hornet's nest. So you kick the hornet's <laughs> nest. You're like, this is me you're talking about. Come at me. What, how, as far as their threat or whatever against you, how stern was it like what did they say they were going to do to you or so he's he said that um one of the things that i did was um contrary to section 286 of the criminal code which is um advertising sexual services which is what i told you that you can't do legally mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i am allowed to do for myself legally hmm. um so as long as no one else is profiting from it it's legal for me to do it's decriminalized anyway for me to do for myself. Um, the other thing that they um, threatened to charge me with was uh, 419 of the criminal code, which was unlawful use of military uniforms, which um, I just disagree with because I'm not impersonating a soldier. Hmm. Everyone knows that I'm not a soldier. Everyone knows that I'm not representing the military. Anyone with half a brain knows that I'm not representing the military. Yeah. <laughs> But it, but what grounds would they have to say like you're using the uniform? Like, do you, did you have like photos of yourself in the uniform or something, or or is it the members in photos in uniforms with you? There is definitely photos of me in uniform all over the internet. Okay, but the people that are looking at my content know that I'm not a soldier. Yeah, I'm not responsible if a bunch of news people take my photos and place them in places where people think that I'm a soldier. But there is disclaimers and notices all throughout my profiles and galleries that I'm not listed. Yeah, you and would like, have what to What be... is the difference between wearing like a, a soldier Halloween costume? Like what's 
Exactly. Or in a movie, you don't yeah. think that they're enlisted. You don't think that they're real soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, so odd. Well, it's, I guess the, there would be laws that would protect the specific uniform and badges and all that stuff of the Canadian military, I guess. But I think you, you would need to be like willfully ignorant to come upon Tina and say, I can't believe a Canadian forces person is up to this. Like it is quite yeah. obvious who you are and what you're doing. I, I think that, yeah, anyone that thinks that is just completely out of their mind. You have this back and forth with the military police, which seems to be at this point empty threats. There's not charges against you or anything. There are no. um, statements that that memo is sent to all the military members at the Kingston base to not use your services, which again is great advertising. So I want to hear about that. I if I told my kids, guys, I got some candy in the drawer upstairs. Do not go near the drawer upstairs. Don't eat that candy. As soon as I turn my back, my kids would be up to their elbows in that drawer. Uh, I can only imagine the Kingston yeah. military community is the same way with yeah. your sexual services. There's this woman. She wants you specifically. She's giving you a discount. Don't go see her. <laughs> She's conveniently located. Those I don't know how they expected that to play out. Like... Well, how did it play out? You got the numbers. You see your website traffic. Christ. So 44,000 um, in the last 30 days alone. Um, <laughs> and in the last seven days, um, currently there's 37,000. Hits to your and, site. Uh, yes. And what would, be, what would be normal before this? Like hundreds. <laughs> before That's that amazing. memo, it was like only hundreds. <laughs> And I oh I just love the the irony of that. Well, oh. it's just like when karma gets someone, and I think whoever took it upon themselves to choose this as the issue that they want to send an office wide or site wide memo about, having it blow up in their face like that, I think is perfect, and it shows Beautiful. like each each hit to your website, I think, is a vote by the people who you know the actual members who don't get the authority to send out this memo and they're all voting like no she's all right oh i've had people in like nova scotia call me like hey me and my husband are enlisted oh, yeah not yeah me. not me no, <laughs> this isn't no, no, me not you, sorry. <laughs> yeah no not you there was like some um ex-military couple that called me and was like basically you go girl mm -hmm. and yeah that was that was great i've had but yeah uh, they were what, the only people that name dropped their location too. So, I guess. Okay. so what about this though, is your, your business relies on, on bookings and all in, you know, and your clients actually meeting with you. Have you seen a spike in new clients actually reaching out for like appointments? Uh, yes, a little bit, but I think that it's also going to, to be higher when people are less scared of me being in the spotlight. Yeah. That's... So like, I think the free advertising now that they know that I'm, I exist, the people that would hire me will hire me just, um, maybe not Something's when cool there's actively MP looking, looking around the base for me, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, no, that makes total sense. But certainly like there, there would have been word of mouth kind of advertising happening around the base in the past, you know, people talking about you and whatever, but this is like a, a whole different level. Like everyone there is going to know about you. And then 
as absurd as this whole thing is, justifies you getting on. I saw CBC cover this. Uh, Vice had a big piece on it. It seems like that was crazy. And, and I think even like international news. I did I see that? I think I saw like a there British... was some Europe. Yes. Um, uh, well, I love these stories that like <laughs> you know you you hear of the school teacher that gets fired. Jordan, you covered. I think her name was Ava James. Yeah, she was teach- like a, a teacher's assistant. And you hear of these women getting fired from their day jobs, which they make nothing at. And mm. then they end up making like a million dollars in a month on OnlyFans. And yeah, it's well, like, I wish, yes. I wish. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's coming. I'm putting, I'm putting that vibe out for you. <laughs> well, you definitely got a big head start with, with this, this kind of exposure. This is something like whether you do sex work or any kind of business, that's the kind of advertising and exposure someone only, only dreams of. And, in your case, it's like you also have your photo in these uh, articles, and then and a lot of the photos they use are kind of suggestive of the kind of military fetish stuff. I, there's one of you hanging from a tank, several pictures of you, and <laughs> like actually for, for people who are listening to us, you're wearing kind of a military themed blazer right now with a lot of cleavage showing as well. I might I may add, <laughs> but we're all mature here. Madeline's not offended. Oh no. <laughs> I think um, it's fantastic. So what thank about you, thank you. What about this is, you know, it's a lot of people who get into sex work and do that kind of work, they keep it separate from their personal life. That's impossible for you to do now as you're, you know, if you google sex work Canada, I assume the first couple results are going to be news articles about you at this point. How, how does <laughs> that feel to have it so connected to your you know, your face and your, your legal name in these articles? To, to be honest, this was, um, I mean, this is obviously way more exposure and there isn't enough weed in the world to, to deal, to deal with the anxiety from all this. Don't get me wrong, but, um, this isn't very different from me having been already out in the kink community. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I teach at pride, um, every year I have an educational booth where, where I'm there, I'm, I'm out, my face is there. I've, um, I've, I've taught at a uh, Queens university for the, um, for the, uh, what is it? The sexual health resource center. Okay. Um, I taught, uh, taught them about kink and consent. Um, so, uh, my, my face and name is already out there. It's not a secret what I do. Yeah. And, and it's pretty clear. This isn't something that you're ashamed of or feel that you should be ashamed of. At least that's how it comes across to me. Oh, uh, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the legal aspects of sex work is something that's really important to you. You asked me before we started to watch a a TED talk about laws related to sex work across the world and and what a sex worker would want as far as um, as as far as the laws in their country. Can you talk a bit about how Canada's legal system affects your ability to do your job and to stay safe while doing it? I just be you know when you when you hear of sex work as an outsider like myself, I'm thinking of you know the old fashioned standing on the side of the street or having like a pimp that's abusive. Or nowadays, I guess it's kind of like online sort of postings, but. Uh, I, I'd be curious how it actually works and how the law dictates how you do your job. Uh, I would love to do that. And I thank you so much for um, taking the time to watch that video that I sent you, sent you both and then sharing it with your co-host. Um, so Canada has what we call the, uh, the Nordic model. Um, and it is basically half decriminalization. So according to the law, I am treated like a sex trafficking victim. 
even though I'm doing this of my own will and um, I'm operating by myself, uh, under the law, I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. And anyone that hires me um, is legally basically treated like a pimp or like they're exploiting me. Um, so they are breaking the law and I'm not, which makes it very difficult to be safe because they don't want you to know who they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if you've had any experience online, you know how anonymous people act. <laughs> oh, you've noticed so... that too? <laughs> Go on YouTube and read a comment on anything. So uh, if, if I don't know who my client is, if I can't tell someone who I'm going to see and where I'm going to be, my life, my life is in danger. Mm -hmm. I'm not safe. Mm -hmm. I, I won't do it. Mm -hmm. that, <laughs> There's that's, just no way. That's difficult because if you have a new client, you you want to know a little bit about them before you meet them at a hotel or go to their house or something. But the way the law works in Canada, they want to protect that information and stay private because they don't want to get in trouble. If If it was decriminalized as opposed to legalized and there's a difference i i now know uh they could just tell you you know this is who i am and here's you know you could see their stuff and know they're a real person who's not going to like you know put you in a bag and disappear or something like that yes Writing and the, the important point to make between legalization and decriminalization and the reason that we want decriminalization instead of legalization is because legalization will simply give the police another reason to harass us, another reason to fine us, another reason to bother us. Mm -hmm. um, the people that are doing sex work are not going to buy a license to do it. They're not, they're not. Nor should they have to. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I just don't understand why the safety of just people in general isn't the number one like priority. Mm -hmm. it's the it's exactly. the oldest profession known to man yet so frowned upon and they're like they're not taken seriously and yeah. the safety of sex workers should be the number one priority mm -hmm. but and this was actually recently challenged in court and failed and uh we are hoping that it goes to the supreme court you say we um do you work with groups of other like sex workers that are advocating I, for i mean us in general but um i heavily support um the, the maggie's group in toronto there's a, a sex worker action group in toronto that i am not um personally involved in or that i i don't represent at all but um they're doing great work and uh mm. please check them out okay awesome um have you yourself had any interactions with with police? Like, have you ever had to, you know, go to court or anything related to what you do? If you can talk about that? Uh, I have, yes. Um, the one that I'm willing to speak about is um, I had a, someone find one of my ads online. And I had them hunt me down on Facebook and um, tell me that um, I had to uh, perform oral sex on them for free, or that they would send my ad to my husband, or <laughs> partner or whatever. Um, and uh, I basically told him to go fuck himself. And uh, he sent it to my husband or my partner or whatever. And uh, so I went to the police and I said that this guy, um, you know, tried to blackmail me, tried to extort me. And uh, the police argued with me and said that that's not harassment. And, and I said that I didn't say that word. Um, I want I want you to charge him with with, you know, extortion. 
he he tried to blackmail it's me. It's like the literal definition of extortion. And uh, this man looked at me and said, "It's it's um it's what you said versus he said." And I'm like, "Are we not looking at the same conversation? Because this is literally on my phone. Like I just showed it to you. Uh, like <laughs> that's insanity. this is the Kingston Police, guys. This is the Kingston Police. Yeah, shout out to the Kingston Police. Oh, that is awful. And but honestly, but it's not surprising because there's just so many freaks out there and that's why your safety has to be the priority of Canada's legal system because there are freaks out there and when you know it 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 seems like it doesn't matter what you do if you put yourself out there you're gonna come in contact with them but I I think sex work it's like it's often like a one-on-one thing like you alone with somebody so I think it's it's almost more important that the law recognizes that and and is structured in a way to protect you. Yeah, and, and it's great that I can't get in, tr- in trouble for, for advertising myself or having my own business, but that that doesn't help me if if my clients don't feel safe telling me who they are and letting me make th- those safety protocols mm-hmm. that keep me alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just always baffled me how much others care about what other people do. Like a transaction between two consenting adults, what's what's the issue? Hmm. I'm like Saskatchewan is living in the Stone Age. Like we don't have, an, we're not allowed strip clubs. Um, some guy, Thanks. some guy in the Sask party just got fired for like hiring an escort. I don't know how they found out, <laughs> but I was like, is that not legal? <laughs> like, yeah. and then illegal to fire him on that account. Like, it's just, it's very very backwards um t- i want to change gears here tina and i'm, I'm going to test your comfort level is i i'm genuinely curious uh when when you're someone who who um markets sex work specifically towards military members I, I imagine there's a lot of lonely single guys on the base and maybe they're just looking for companionship but what would be like what's normal when you hear from a client whether they're from the Kingston military base or wherever else, what are your typical appointments or meetings or I don't know, even know what to call it. What are your typical interactions? Like what goes on in these things? I I think uh, uh, a typical uh, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Is, that, is uh, that the, the technical the term? Up of, 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 of most of them, but uh, there's definitely people that, that want to hang out. There's definitely people that, uh, yeah, want to play board games or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, spe- oh. the spectrum is so broad on mm. what people want. Oh yeah, so, yeah. But w- just from looking, like in researching to talk to you and looking at your social media presence and all this stuff, it seems like there is more to what you do than just the wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Though there's you inject a lot of like kind of personality into what you put out there. So I I, I just kind of expect you would have a lot of clients that are. Uh, maybe you're looking for more than just the, you know, I'm going to have you here for two hours and we'll do our thing and that's it. There, there are people that become friends that I end up just hanging, hanging out with. But as a general rule, most people are just paying me for my time and I'm leaving unless, unless we actually do develop a friendship. Interesting. Okay. And again, stop me if I'm going too far, but is this the kind of thing where you go to someone's house? Do you work out of like hotels? Like where, where does this happen? I'm in a soldier's house right now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
they have good Wi-Fi. Tell them thanks. <laughs> and thank them for their service as well. <laughs> I will. So oh, this is the best. Personally. <laughs> so oh God. <laughs> uh so I guess that answers the question then. You you will travel to people's homes and you just oh, you yes. work where it happens. I uh I'm regularly flown to Alberta by soldiers. Nice. Oh, Albert, why Alberta? Every time I say I love you to a soldier, he gets posted to Alberta. So um oh. Yeah, but I, I just uh, Alberta's the place that I want to go. So okay, <laughs> yeah. um I asked earlier, but I, I think we got off track is Friend, friends and family from your life before sex work now know what you, what you do. Is, is there any kind of conflict or weird vibes related to that, or are you okay with it? I mean, uh, if we have a, a big family dinner with my extended family, it might be a little awkward now. <laughs> okay. Well, podcast I mean, is not a... great either for family talks. So. <laughs> as a general rule, though, like nothing I did was a secret. No. It's, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not going to rub it in people's faces and talk about it over like Christmas dinner or whatever. But if you're going to ask me, be prepared to be told the answer. Or don't ask the question. Okay. I no think that's staunchly fair. conservative uncles trying to stir the pot. <laughs> Are you talking from experience, Madeline? <laughs> <laughs> I'll argue with anyone about anything. So... <laughs> Uh, so Tina, generally sex work, I think is some, at least in my mind as an ignorant person, it's generally a younger person's kind of job. Where do you see your future for this? Do you think in 10 years, do you still see yourself doing this? And in 20 years? I would ideally like to be able to work as a, as, as a veterinary technologist. Um, I would like to specialize in, um, in birds. Um, I have a specific interest in parrots. Like exotic, exotic birds. Okay, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, when we were planning to talk, you you wanted to kind of schedule around when you would be home because you have a bunch of birds. Yes, I do have a bunch of birds, and I was worried that they were going to be too loud for your podcast. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, what's what's the future? So, you, in the future, you you would hope to get into that type of work. Are you taking any steps to get there? And and also, do you see it as like getting out of sex work? Or is it just kind of it's something that I've always wanted to do, to do, I actually did want to be a veterinarian, but um, I'm dyslexic specifically with numbers. So <laughs> um, well, we wish you all the best with that. This story is it's it's fun to laugh at because I like seeing um, the it, it all blow up in the military's face, so to speak. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of way to look at the world of sex work, which I think a lot of people are just they're unfamiliar with and ignorant about. And when you actually talk to people engaged in that profession, it it certainly opens your open your eyes to the reality of what's going on out there. And it's not nearly as rare as I think people probably assume it is. Yeah, we're like like I said to someone else, we're we're your neighbors, we're in your family, and we deserve to be safe doing our jobs. So uh, I hope, and it shouldn't be such a taboo subject either. Yeah, like sex, I agree. sex work is work, and you can you can do very well. You can do very very well with it. Mm -hmm. So I, it should be more respected and yeah. more legitimate. 
do you find it's changing like i feel nowadays i don't know if it's because of like only fans and like that sort of like sex influencer kind of thing happening it seems like so many more people kind of dip their toes into sex work maybe not actually meeting with people but putting you know uh their boobs on the internet you know that sort of thing it seems so much more common now do, do you find tina that the taboo associated with sex work is maybe changing uh Yes, but I also think it has a lot to do with the laws that recently changed in the states. Mm. Um, so with um, with SESTA and FOSTA that happened um, a few years ago, it made it illegal in the states to uh, host websites that uh, uh, allowed this kind of thing to happen, which which is why the personal section got removed from like Craigslist oh. and Kijiji. And that made it so much harder for, for us to operate online. So really, the only the only option was was to go to those sites where we could masquerade or whatever, like not don't don't talk to me on OnlyFans about hiring me like don't don't talk to mm. I have a website for a reason and you're going to get us banned from social media by talking about a talking mm. about that kind of stuff on social media. So don't do that. It's such a weird balancing act. And then this whole thing about like, you can promote yourself, but like, I can't even have your website's name said on this episode for fear of fines. How do you promote yourself then? If it, it's like, do you just stand on a street corner shouting your URL? Well, hey, that's what the business cards were for. Oh, and look at the mess that <laughs> got you in. to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. That was no, the best I, money you've ever I spent. Would, I would love to say that I planned this, but like, I'm not a marketing genius. Well, Eva, just, even the losers get lucky sometimes is a what lyric from I a really like, song. What I would really like to see is you make so much money because of this little debacle going on and you get a billboard right outside of that base <laughs> that sent the email <laughs> so, someone joked about making a gofundme for that on the on one of the reddit uh, the canadian forces like reddit or something that was hilarious that would i be would amazing. i would donate so fast <laughs> yeah let me know i am in on that 100 <laughs> percent um oh god well Tina, this has been a blast. I appreciate you opening up about this and uh, I wish you all the best in the future. And hopefully things change in Canada more so that you're, um, you and other people doing the kind of work you do can be safe and happy and make a living and not have to worry about nonsense. Okay. Tell the Supreme Court, hopefully it's challenged. I want to thank you for joining Madeline, Tina, and myself for this episode of Nighttime. Now I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, but before I do, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Tina for sharing her incredible story with us, both because I think the URL is comical, but also some of you may want to reach out to her, but the Canadian laws are such that I could get my face slapped for helping you find her. But as you probably already know, she doesn't need my support for promotion. The Canadian military has already basically made her a sex working star bunch of bozos. Anyway, I digress. A big thanks to Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode and LJ from the Dystopian Simulation podcast for providing the intro and outro voiceovers. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Sophie, Yvette, and Mike, I appreciate you. 
And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help us out here in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but the premium feed also gives you access to an ad-free, two-day early release date with a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. And if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show grow by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or would like to submit a question or comment to be responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Her name is Elspeth. Elspeth Tassioni. You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. Better. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tassioni? <laughs> Elspeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.